The Human Podcast features weekly service audio from the Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation of Roswell, Georgia. Please visit us at human.org. Good morning. Come on in. Good morning, human humans. I'm Amanda Brawley, a fellow human human. And on behalf of Reverend Dave Dunn, music director Alex Peach, my fellow worship associates, and the dedicated technical team that is making today's live stream possible, I would like to welcome you to the Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation, which we like to call human. We are a liberal faith community with the mission to nurture our spirit, strive for justice, and transform the world. No matter who you are, who you love, or where you are on your spiritual journey, you are welcome here. If there's anyone visiting for the first time and you feel comfortable doing so, please identify yourself. Uh, so we may worship as friends on my right. Anyone visiting? Nope, on my left. Anybody visiting? Okay. Um, we have some announcements. Human's Talent Show, which has been suspended for a couple of years, returns this month on Saturday, April 30th at 6.30 p.m. here. All are invited to attend and showcase their talent. The cost is $10 per adult, 
children and youth are free. There are scholarships available if necessary. See Reverend Dave. And if you'd like to be involved in the opening dance extravaganza, please indicate that. There is um, a form and you can email elizabeth.rohan, that's R-O-H-A-N at gmail.com. <clears throat> um, there's an asterisk, no dancing experience is required. The state of Georgia is currently trying to pass laws to prevent students in the public schools from learning the true history of slavery in America. So Emerson UUC has partnered with Stronger Together for this four-part series to look at our hard history um, using educational resources from the Southern Poverty Law Center's Learning for Justice Project. Um, you can register now, and the course runs every Thursday in April from 7 to 8 p.m. There's a URL, but uh, I think you should probably go on Human's Facebook page or keep an eye out in our announcements. If you are not receiving announcements yet, you can email um, communications at human.org. Now that daylight savings time is here, please join us Friday evenings this spring to clean up the gardens and landscaping around Human. Big thanks to Rick, Erman, Rick Irwin and Bob Pop for helping this last Friday. This week, John Pruitt and crew will be working on the vegetable garden, which we have and we donate food to North Fulton Community Charities. Anyone interested can meet us here at, from 5 to 7 o'clock. Again, that's on Fridays. No experience necessary. And um, welcome. Thanks for being here. Good morning. Good morning, imperfect people. We actually look marvelous this morning, many of you without masks, for the first time in two years. We are absolutely, inherently perfect in our many imperfections. Our imperfections, they're actually too many to name. They make us memorable, however. They make us the memorable people that we are. So please, come on in. Take a load off. Put down the weight of your perfection weight that you've been carrying around with you for so long. Take a seat. You won't be needing your perfection here. There now. Doesn't that feel better? And now, let us light our chalice together. Robin will be helping light our chalice. This fire is a reminder of the light within us all, the yearning for freedom, the longing for truth, the flame of intuition, the torch of conscience. We dedicate this service to the remembrance of this holy light.
At this point in our service, we share our joys with each other to magnify them and our sorrows to divide the weight of their pain. If you are so moved, please feel free to come forward, place a pebble, drop a, uh, grab a pebble, drop it in the bowl, and while wearing your, well, okay, we don't have, I guess we're not doing masks, okay, yay. <laughs> Express a joy or a sorrow that you may have. And for those of you attending via live stream, if you have a joy or sorrow you'd like to share, please do so in the chat. Hi, I'm Dr. And I want to drop a pebble of concern today for John Petanium. Uh, John had eye surgery yesterday to repair torn retina, but he's recovering at home. But just keep John in your thoughts and prayers. I'm Randy Blosh. I have three joys. One is the joy for this incredible congregation who's really stepped up this year in the stewardship campaign. Thank you so much. A joy for my friend and colleague and uh, the now Reverend Juniper Meadows, who is ordained on Friday in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, and will be heading to her first assignment, which will be the Second Unitarian Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Yay, Juniper. And lastly, a pebble of joy. Um, a week ago Monday, I had the honor of doing Vespers for Meadville, which students do every now and then. And I received the most amazing gift um, of an original piece of music to play in that from our own Alex Peach. And it was beautiful, and it was loved, and thank you, Alex, for that. My name is Bob Pop, and um, this is a pebble of concern. Um, my son Alex is engaged to a wonderful uh, young woman and her, this past week, her dad had a, um, uh, well, he's been diagnosed with a tumor in his brain and um, um, it's benign, but he's got surgery on Wednesday and um, this all happened all of a sudden, um, and anyway, it's, his name is Roger, and if you could keep him in your thoughts, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Hello, my name is Stephen. Um, I have a concern. A coworker of mine, his recently born niece, has uh, fluid in her brain, and their family are kind of concerned about that. The, the child is currently in uh, like a special care facility, but just keep them in your thoughts. And yeah, thank you. Hi, my name's Dave Prego. I'm a fairly new member here. And I do have a concern. Uh, my mother was taken to the hospital last night with a possible stroke. But my sisters and brother and niece have been at her side constantly since last night. I feel so helpless being so far away, but I have comfort that they are taking good care of her. One final pebble for all the joys and sorrows too tender to escape the folds of our hearts. Let us keep one another in our thoughts the coming week.
About uh, two months ago, I read an article in the New York Times written by uh, columnist David Brooks, and I learned something that I should have, I should have known. But in this article, he said, people like Vladimir Putin, dictators, that's normal. People who, uh, leaders who put themselves in power in perpetuity, like Xi Jinping in China, that's normal. Throughout world history, dictators, people who won't cede power, that's actually normal, the status quo. Look at North Korea, Syria, places like that. In the article, we said, what's abnormal is democracy. What's abnormal is a peaceful transfer of power. That is rare and precious. It takes no work for people to keep a dictator in power. They don't have to do anything, right? In fact, dictators don't want people to do anything. It takes a lot of work on behalf of the people, however, to keep democracy in place, to ensure a peaceful transfer of power. Now, when the 2016 election happened, I, like perhaps many of you were, people were very upset with the outcome of the presidential election. In my opinion, the person who was elected, I knew that they, he did not care for people at all. He didn't care. I knew that's what would take place. He's a very transactional person. He will only do something for you if you do something for him. That's how he operates. I knew that was going to be the, his presidency in 2016. But I could never imagine that January 6, 2021 could happen here in the United States, even with, him as, even with him as president. Yet not only did that happen, that more than 100 members of our Congress refused to certify the 2020 election. Over 100 members of Congress, elected officials, and state governments around the country are doing everything they can to disenfranchise people. Disenfranchise people and take control of the election process. So if it doesn't turn out the way they like, they can, do, they can take action. These people who are doing this, they are not dumb. They are not, they know what they're doing exactly. They don't care about democracy. I hate to say that. They do not care. They are okay with not having democracy. They're okay with not having your voices heard. So why am I saying this to you? Next week, next Sunday, UUA Side with Love is kicking off their UU the Vote for 2022. And I know, I did UU the Vote last time, and it's a lot of phone banking, and a lot of people hanging up on you, and a lot of that kind of reading scripts. But, this, but the recent election, the 2020 election, a few thousand votes in a few different states going the other way, and it would be completely different. Completely different. So. We, as Unitarian Universalists, need to make those calls 
to talk to the few thousands of people nationwide who will get out and vote on those days and be active in saving this demo democracy because it is really in a precarious situation. I probably don't need to tell you that. So you, you, the vote starts next Sunday. I will probably send out an announcement if you haven't already received one from them. But I will be there making calls, and I don't like doing it, but I will be doing it this year because it is that important. So thank you. Hopefully you can participate in this year and you, you vote this year. Thank you. I love having a reverend who strives for justice. I don't know about you. Please make sure your phones are silenced. Sitting comfortably with your feet grounded. You may close your eyes or lower your gaze. Let's begin by becoming aware of the breath. Feel the breath as it enters with a cool feeling and then warming as it gently travels down into the lungs. Fill the lungs with a deep inhale, bringing in energy, vitality, prana, the life force. As you exhale, Feel the body releasing toxins, stress, and any negativity that has accumulated. Stay with this breath, focusing on the feeling of deep peace, inhalations and exhalations. Feel the energy that is in the body Become aware of the warmth and tingling of every cell. Feel the energy that is in the extended environment, in every part of nature, and in every living thing. Bring all those energies together and feel them as one. Visualize all of that energy shining brightly as the sun. Bring the shining glow of bright energy over the crown of the head. Feel it starting to travel down into your body from the top of your head, slowly going down into your face, neck, traveling down into the shoulders, all the way down into the arms, 
down through the fingers. Feel the healing energy and light going down into your chest, all the way down to your hips. Feel it continue traveling down your legs, all the way down to your toes. Your whole body is now filled with divine healing light and energy. Allow that healing energy to completely fill any physical area that needs healing energy. Feel it warming, healing, and expanding. Allow the healing light to bring peace and healing to any emotional issues or traumas. Bring your awareness to any intentions or desires that you may have. Hold the thoughts of those intentions or desires as you allow the healing energy to bring your deepest desires to life and your intentions to it into reality. Feel your connection to divine energy and light and know that all is one. All is one. Thank you, Alex, for being perfect. <laughs> and thank you, Amanda. Just prior to Halloween, many, many years ago, and as a relatively new member of my home congregation in Pennsylvania, as a lay member of the congregation, I volunteered to help out with the annual haunted house that was held in the church basement. You see, upstairs, uh, in the sanctuary, the normal services were going on, and downstairs in the basement, the youth group room and the other RE rooms, it was converted into a spooky haunted house, right? We did much the same here a few years ago over in Discovery Hall. So it was one of my first times helping out in the congregation. You know, the children, the children, they'd come in their costumes and parade through the church and then go downstairs into the haunted house and do their, their haunted activities. 
On this day, I was asked to control the spooky fog machine. And I was specifically told where and when to deploy the machine in one of the little, uh, little RE rooms. Yet I felt that operating it, operating it in that little room, a little too confining, so I took it upon myself to take the machine out into the larger youth group room and deploy it there. Well, no sooner had I turned on the fog machine and the fun was beginning, then a loud alarm went off. What's going on? Is there a fire? Who would do such a thing? Well, the building was evacuated. Upstairs and downstairs, fire trucks arrived with sirens blaring and lights flashing. And soon, the volunteer fire department folks arriving, still in their pajamas, again, lights flashing on their pickup trucks. Well, we're standing outside, and after about a half an hour, the uh, fire marshal comes out and gives the all clear, said that the culprit was a fog machine. It was located directly underneath the smoke detector. People started looking at me. Well, the haunted house was not to be. The Sunday church service was not to be. I think the minister wanted me not to be. <laughs> the thing is, I gotta come clean. That wasn't the only time that I pretty much single-handedly prevented the church service from happening. I did it again, but under completely different circumstances, but I did do it again. Circumstances uh, that I don't have the time, courage, or self-esteem to go into now. I can imagine the board convened an emergency meeting like, you know, we like Tammy and the kids are adorable, but that Dave, can you just tell him to stay away? Well, the memory, the memory of that actually shot into my brain during my ordination here in 2017, when my internship supervisor looked out upon you all from this pulpit and said, well, we did what we could. He's yours now. <laughs> I'm glad that my home congregation did not ask me to stay away. Instead, they granted me a mulligan or two. A mulligan? What's a mulligan? Well, a mulligan is a golfing term. Yes, the Masters, the Masters tournament starts this week in Augusta. A mulligan is a golfing term, and stories vary about how a mulligan came about. There's different stories, and likely the truth is probably lost to history. But essentially, a mulligan is a do-over. If you hit your tee shot off into the woods, or it goes into your neighbor's pool or something, you can tee off again and take another shot without a penalty. Usually, you take only one mulligan in a round, in a nine-hole round, but sometimes those rules vary. But you must be in agreement with those of you who are playing with you. And a mulligan is a completely amateur thing. Professionals don't take mulligans, okay? It would be kind of interesting if they did. You know, you know he, he's, if he sinks his putt, he'll win. But yeah, but, but Bob, he still has a mulligan. But that would be ridiculous, but so, Mulligans are a do-over, amateurs um, take them. 
Could the idea of a mulligan, a do-over, be used outside of golf? Or do we demand and expect perfection? Like Alex over there. Do we allow people to be, well, average? Is that idea abhorrent to you? What does it say about us if we demand perfection? I mean, isn't the nature of reality, the nature of humanity, to be average? My brother-in-law went to Duke Law School, and on the first day of law school, at the convocation, the dean said, look, let me get this straight. Half of you will be in the lower half of the class. <laughs> How's that make you feel? Ouch. Aren't all teachers on average, average? Aren't all ministers on average, average? Aren't all brain surgeons and airline pilots on average, average? No, brain surgery and piloting aircraft. Maybe actually there are certain situations, life or death situations, where maybe mulligans shouldn't be granted. Yet how do we square this with the idea that in reality people are, on average, average? We, as individuals, are prone to failure at times. Again, that is the nature of reality. Yet if a life or death situation is demanded, it might be a good idea to convene a team of people, brain surgeons, airline pilots, maintenance crews, layers of average people working together to minimize the reality that each of us could potentially be a single point of failure. So maybe life or death situations, we should be, ex in, in life or death situations, we should be expecting the perfection of things, tasks, processes, but not the perfection of people, because people are on average, average. What about church? What about what goes on here at Human? Do we demand and expect perfection from people, individuals? Why? Doesn't our reason tell us that expecting perfection from individuals flies in the face of reality? Also, is there anything that we do here that constitutes a life or death situation? We may do serious and important things here, but this ain't brain surgery, folks. We're not landing planes. We can and should agree to, covenant to, extend mulligans to one another. The Church of the Mulligan. That's not our mission statement. It could be cool, though. What I like about church, especially Unitarian Universalist church, is that everyone is qualified to do everything. Give the sermon. Everyone can give the sermon. Ministry is shared amongst us. 
And when you get down to it, we are all ultimately responsible for everything that goes on here. That's our polity and governance. The UUA doesn't tell us what to do. The UUA doesn't call ministers. This congregation is responsible for stewardship, the building, hiring ministers, hiring DREs, every, all the programming, it's all on us. That's our polity and governance in Unitarian Universalism. When presented with an outcome that we're not happy with here at Human, if our knee-jerk reaction is to saddle blame to an individual, then I believe we're looking at the situation incorrectly. In such a situation, we'd be expecting perfection from a person who, by definition, can't be perfect. We'd be doing that rather than expecting perfection from a thing or a task or a process where many, many people, imperfect people, working together can hopefully pull it off. And it's not always easy with a bunch of volunteers. It's not. If we leave somebody on an island, expecting them to do a task completely on their own, any fault really lies with us because we should know better. We, we, we do know better. And we can't forget that we're not doing brain surgery. We're not landing planes. This isn't life or death here. We can, in covenant, extend mulligans to one another. So in that context, every, every, we should be viewing every success and every failure as communal. We celebrate our success when we succeed, and we grant mulligans to one another when we fall short. And over time, amongst the successes and failures, our wheels are slowly moving forward towards the realization of our vision. It's, not, it's never a straight road. It's a zigzag road with starts and stops. It's and one step forward and two steps back, and two steps forward and one steps back. And sometimes there's a lot of tears. But hopefully there's more laughter and hugs and good food. Yet again, our wheels move slowly forward towards the realization of our vision and into a new future. Commenting on this beautiful, marvelous mess that we call church work, Martin Luther King Jr. said, we ain't what we ought to be, and we ain't what we want to be, and we ain't what we're going to be, but thank God we ain't what we was. Amen.
Um, okay. In an, <laughs> in an effort to fulfill and further the vision and mission of this congregation, we ask that our members share their time, treasure, and talents. With this, we will now take the offering. You may also give using the Givelify app.
We accept this sacred offering generously given by our beloved members and friends. May we use it wisely and judiciously in service to our mission. And Alex, that was beautiful, but you can't play Mary Had a Little Lamb on your own. I'm going to have to watch you from now on. Um, okay, before we extinguish our chalice, we're going to ask you, as we mentioned, time, treasure, and talents. My husband is going to be here changing the lights out this week. And <laughs> I will let him know. Um, so we need to move the chairs towards the corners of the room, okay? Stack them four at a time as we, you know, exit and put them along the walls. Um, there's going to be a scissor lift in here um, moving around. And then by next Sunday, we'll have all new lighting. It's going to be amazing. Um, yes, thank you. Thanks in advance for your help with that. We... Uh, Robin, we extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we carry in our hearts until we meet again. Author Thomas Mann said, what is lovable about any human being is precisely their imperfections. For the imperfection is exactly what is personal, human, natural in the object and is the umbilical point of life. Go in peace and enjoy your week.
The Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation of Roswell, Georgia, thanks you for listening to The Human Podcast. Background music, courtesy of Tim Moore from Pixabay. <laughs>